Today is July 1st. This is the first day of the seventh month in our calendar. And on this day, I want to remind us that God's kindness is what leads us to repentance. That as we see Jesus more clearly, he is the one. He is the one that gives us a picture of turning to God in trust. Jesus entrusts himself into the hands of the Father and finds himself hanging on a cross, but God vindicates him from the grave and raises him in power to glory. Jesus ascends to the hand of the Father where he still to this very moment is interceding. He's standing in the gap for his church, the bride whom he loves. And today, if you count yourself with Jesus, that is where you stand with Christ in the heavens, hidden with him. And that's where the Apostle Paul commends us to attune our attention, to set our eyes on the things above. And, and in the midst of all of that, the prayer that Jesus gives us, the prayer that we're going to turn our attention to today, a prayer that we've often turned to over these past three plus months of quarantine is the Lord's Prayer. And specifically this line, your kingdom come, your will be done. See, Jesus's disciples come to him and they essentially see that John's disciples have a prayer they're praying. So they want to know what, what is the prayer that a rabbi will equip them with? And I want to just briefly walk through this and then um, just create some space. There'll be a track on the end for you just to actually engage in this, to pray this yourself. But in asking God's will to be done, we acknowledge a few things. First, we acknowledge that there are other wills at work. Ours, for instance. There's other spiritual beings whose wills are in opposition to God's way and work in the world through Jesus of Nazareth. And so when we're praying for his kingdom come and his will to be done, we're recognizing as the beginning of the Lord's prayer does our father in heaven, the position of God, that he is highly exalted, that he is the supreme God. Some language um, Elohim is a word that we encounter it just means God and that Yahweh, the, the, that's the covenant name of God, that he's the chief Elohim. And so we appeal to God, our father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. So we want the heavenly will done here. Well, where's here? Here is wherever you are. Be it if you're in Des Moines or Arizona or North Carolina or Washington, D.C. or in Manhattan, here is where you are. And, and just to divert from the Lord's Prayer for a moment, we see this line in 1 Corinthians where, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So just by way of reminder, this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done here. This is a, this is a prayer for freedom. This is, a, this is a prayer that stands in the authority of Jesus. This is a powerful prayer. Yet for how, how many of you is this um, a prayer that maybe you prayed at a, 
at a baptism or catechesis or you heard in church or you've heard in even in movies, pop culture, and yet it has, it has no weight for you. You hold it in your hands like a leaf rather than a log. It's, there's no substance to it. It's hollow. But Jesus invites his disciples into this prayer because by praying it, we actually enter in to the reunification of heaven and earth. And now here, here comes a little th- theological bomb. <laughs> um, the following Jesus is not about escaping earth. Following Jesus is about abiding with him And abiding with Jesus is to enter into the story of the scriptures, which is the tale of the reunification of all things. That sin, this mysterious evil broke in and that humanity participated with sin, took it into itself, rebelled against God. And that fractured the unity of heaven and earth that God's space and human space no longer overlapped were completely consumed with another, but rather were split apart. And Jesus, the reunification of all things, is coming back together. So to be with Jesus is to have a stake in the claim that renewal is on its way. And so we pray this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So what is, what is it in heaven? Well, I want you to think of Isaiah 6 and in Revelation, the, the throne room scenes. You have uh, pictures, other prophets from the Hebrew Bible are going to have little moments where the, the heavens break forth. You have uh, Elijah being caught up with what uh, Tim Mackey, a, a Hebrew Bible scholar, calls the, like the God mobile, <laughs> essentially the chariots of heaven coming to, to pick him up. You have these pictures of of these amazing creatures with wings and eyes and everything all crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. It's this picture of exaltation and worship. It's this picture of peace and power. We're praying for the peace and power of God to come here. And you might say, well, okay, Kyle, that, that's cool, but I don't actually know what it is to pray that because I have no concept of that. That seems too far off. That's the gift of Jesus to us, church, is that he actually gives us a picture of what it is to be united with God. And so as we, as we pray this prayer, as, as we kind of enter into these tracks, I would just encourage you, go, go to the Lord's Prayer. Go to the Sermon on the Mount. See Jesus's words Enter into this. Allow that prayer to shape how you see this. But, but don't stop there. If that, if that even feels too sudden, just press pause and go and just go and read Colossians 1.17. Just allow um, this image of the invisible to come forward to you. And then maybe if you want to jump on over to the Gospels, read uh, the beginning of the Gospel according to John. And you'll start to get a picture of who Jesus is and what it is then for us to ask for heaven to come here. 
This begins to give us a vision for the prayer that we're praying into. So they're no longer empty and idle words, but they have the substance of Jesus in them. And so as we turn to this prayer, let me just pray for you as you pray. And then let us pray. God, give us courage for those who would be bold enough in this moment to stop, to seek your face through your word, to feast on your living word, to allow it to be sustenance and life and hope for them. God, give, give them courage. Courage to say they don't know, but courage to ask for your will to be done. Courage to be, in, just their faith to be increased. I pray for that same courage for our church, for myself in these next moments. May grace and peace cover you as we go into this time of seeking God together.